Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Good morning, City Collective. Thanks for being with us here. Uh, Happy, what's the date today? Today is the 18th of April. Thanks for worshiping with us. And I want to give a quick shout out to Gabby for sharing a little bit of a story, sharing a little bit of that photo and for leading us in prayer this morning. I hope wherever you find yourself on your journey of faith, Christian, non-Christian, atheist, agnostic, not really sure about what you think about Jesus at all. And you're just tuning in because a friend shared it on Facebook. uh, I hope that this is a safe place for you that you can discover a, a place of safety, a place to ask questions, a place to, to find community and friendship. We love what we get to be part of here at City Collective, but we believe this, that as followers of Jesus, that it does not end with us, that the, that the gift of grace, that the gift of love, that the trueness of his mercy that he shows to us every single day does not just end with me when I get out of bed in the morning. That's the beginning of what, what it looks like. That's the beginning of the story of the kingdom of God in the world around us, that we get to share it. So if this space here online can be one of safety for you, that is wonderful. That's a gift. And so uh, thanks for being with us here. If this is your first time joining us here online at City Collective, or you've popped by first time in a long time, no problem. Really glad that you're a part of it. My name is Jason. I have the privilege of being the pastor here at City Collective. And uh, we are in the season of Easter tide, just two weeks ago, Easter was upon us. We got to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and what that means, the newness of life and what that leads us towards. Last Sunday, we were uh, beginning the series where we're talking about what the Spirit is leading us towards. Spirit lead me is what we're calling it. And the idea of what the Spirit is actually doing on the inside of us in this time after we look upon the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus said in his ministry, it is better that I leave so that I can send you a helper, send you an advocate, send you someone that is going to be a part of the very being that you are here today. So church, I hope that you got stirred up a little last week. We were talking about gifts and the gifts that are placed on the inside of us, that that we come from dirt and that that the dirt is the very place where seeds are planted, where things are grown from, and that the great gardener, the master gardener is working in the midst of our lives in a powerful way to move us towards all that he has in store for us. And so I hope that you were challenged, that you took some of those questions that we put forward this this past week. And if you missed it, you can just hop back onto social media, take a peek at the sermon, take a peek at some of those questions, take time and reflect as we move forward in this series. So Spirit, lead me. And Perhaps you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. Well, we're hoping we can set a little bit of that foundation this morning. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I had a little bit of an eventful morning. Uh, I I got up, got everything together for Sunday morning service, and brought everything out to my car. We're coming to you live from Horizon Church. They've been really generous. Let us use their space and get set up here and live stream so that we can be doing this as part of our Sunday morning services. But I got everything into my car, all the equipment, and I get get out there and I look and my front door is slightly open. And I think to myself, well, I, I, I was not the one who opened that door. Uh, I'm pretty sure that door was closed. And I took a peek in and my entire 
middle console front uh, front area is just dumped onto my front seat. Somebody had broken into my car. And let's just say that's not the best feeling when you wake up on a, on a morning ready to go. Thank you, Jesus, that my window was not broken and it was not smashed in. But somebody definitely got in. Jokes on them. I had nothing valuable in that car. <laughs> jokes, jokes on them. They literally just found six years worth of junk in that middle console. That's about it. And now it's just on my front seat. So sorry, Adriana. We're going to have to clean that up later. But uh, <laughs> this is, it, it's funny when you wake up and you just, you encounter something you don't expect. You, you had plans and preparations for all the things that you were going to do upon that day. The feeling that you had, the way that you prepared yourself, got up, took a shower, felt good, listened to worship music, was praying. And then immediately along the way, there is this, this distraction. There is this impediment that comes across my path that would seem to want, to me, want me to believe that this day is not going to be a good day. That this day is not going to be one where I'm going to get what I expected or I'm going to, not going to encounter the goodness of God. But here's the promise that Jesus leaves with us. That he says that when he leaves, that it gets even better. Why? Because the Spirit is with us. So every single day when I wake up in the morning, my expectation might not be met with precision and, and the exact way in which I was hoping it would be. But when I look upon the junk in my car and I remember the goodness of God, I hope that my, my, myself, my, my body, my spirit, my mind is reminded of the gift that Jesus gives us. That the Spirit gives us peace. The Spirit gives us comfort. The Spirit advocates for us. So if my car gets broken into you know what good thing is that I have a peace that cannot be broken my car might be a little bit messed up but my life it won't be messed up when I come forward to the grace of God that I can bring my mess to the master and he's going to turn it into a message that it gets transformed into the goodness of God and I just I, this was not part of my sermon I just got my car broken into so I was like I gotta preach on this I gotta talk about this because this is the real thing that's going on it's sunny outside but it was a little dark in my car apparently dark enough that somebody was going to try and get in. But you know what? I hope they found something. There was a Bible in there. There was a package that was talking about City Collective Church in there. I hope that they pop in and they check us out on a Sunday morning and they discover the goodness of God that is pursuing them even in the most unexpected of spaces. And that's what the Spirit does. We're talking about this idea of Spirit lead me. And I don't know about you, but I... Whenever I talk about the idea of somebody leading me, I feel like I have the best intentions. It's like uh, you're, you're on a, a hike with, with a bunch of friends and maybe a family, and they've got a, a little one that is just a little rambunctious, and you say to them, you know what? You can lead the way. You take, you take the lead. You, you, you show us the path. And they get out ahead, and they're running, and they're dipping, and they're diving, and they're having an amazing time. And then they take a wrong turn, and you have to yell at them, hey, 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 that's not the way. I think that's kind of how sometimes we approach our relationship with God and our relationship with the Spirit. We say, Spirit, lead me. God, lead me. Show me the direction I need to go. And then he begins to show us, and it's not exactly as we expected. And then we're like, whoa, 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 hold up. That's not the right way. And we almost treat our father as if God is our child that needs to be redirected because we seem to know best. But what would happen to our lives? This is the challenge I want to put before you this morning. What would happen to our lives 
if we were to really say, Spirit, lead me. If we were to really say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what this day is going to hold, but I'm going to trust you, and every step I take, I want you to, to shape me. I want you to guide me. I want you to speak to me. This is easier said than done, but I truly believe if Jesus is saying it gets better with the Spirit, we need to lean into that. Because all I see in Jesus' life is so amazing. A man of miracles, a man of wisdom, a God of sacrifice, so much beyond our expectation. And you think to yourself, that is about as good as it gets. But Jesus says to us, it can get better. I'm going to send you a gift. You've got a gift. We talked about that last week. But I'm going to send you a gift. And watch what happens to your life when you grab hold of it. So let's talk about it this morning. What is the Holy Spirit? In Micah 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 8, it talks about act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. And I love those three ideas. And then when we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse, verse 14, it says this. This is at the very end of Paul's letters to the, to the Corinthian church. And this is how he kind of wraps it up. He says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The final thing that he says to them is almost a, a theology, an encapsulation of what the triune God, the Trinity is in that moment. The grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit. And as I was reading this, I, I was brought back to that, that passage in Micah, thinking to Micah 6, verse 8, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. I can act justly because I have been made righteous through the grace of Jesus. We, we can love mercy because of the love of God, that God is love, that his love shows us what love can be when we grab hold of it for ourselves. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that when I have the Holy Spirit that's a part of my story, that is in my life, it's more than just a, a buddy that's on the corner that I see once in a while. It's fellowship, it's life together. And when I see the Holy Spirit at work in my life, suddenly walking humbly is just a natural deal default reaction because I know that it's not just me. Altogether, the, the, the beautiful relationship that we're invited to have with God. When we hear the, the word fellowship in 2 Corinthians, in, in the original language, it's the word koinonia. And, and there's kind of three definitions that can be taken out of that word. One of them is fellowship, that Jesus isn't here, but the Holy Spirit is. And it is, the Holy Spirit isn't here just so we can float above our heads and, and look like a blazing fire above us. He's, he's within us. He's for us. He, he's beside us. He's, he's, he's wanting to be a part. He's, he's in fellowship. He wants to speak to you. And this morning, my, my invitation to you is as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, would you just say to yourself, Holy Spirit, speak. Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, speak. And try and quiet your mind and in, with hum, humility all around us. What if we were to ask that question? Holy Spirit, speak. And we would invite the Holy Spirit to be a part. So number one is fellowship. 
The second kind of definition you can get out of it is, is a partnership. A partnership that the Holy Spirit wants to have with you in your story, where you're at right now. So often, we, we prevent ourselves from diving into a relationship with God because we believe that we are not able to be in relationship with the Holy God, that we believe ourselves unqualified, that we believe ourselves unable to actually get towards a loving God because my life is so messed up. I've made so many mistakes. I cannot do that. You know what? The Holy Spirit in your life is not just waiting for you to have it perfectly set in place. It's a partnership to move you forward, that when you fall short, the Holy Spirit is there to pull you along. When you feel like you're lacking, the Holy Spirit is there to give strength. When you feel like you're, you're isolated and alone and depressed, the Holy Spirit provides comfort. It is a partnership. And the third one, and I love this, this picture, is, is one of intimacy. That the Holy Spirit is, is more than a friend, more than a partner. The Holy Spirit is in and with us in every single moment. There's an intimate relationship that God wants to have with you this morning. If you feel like you've had a separation from God, that you feel like God is, is just a pie in the sky, Zeus throwing lightning bolts, know this, that the, the God of the Bible, that Jesus here on earth, the spirit that was sent as a gift, was not meant to be separated from all of humanity, but a God of relationship, a God of love, a God of care, a God of mercy, a God of justice, and a God that wants to be in the midst of all that we do. So wherever you are feeling a longing and a hurt that you feel like nobody can understand it, know that the intimate God, the intimate Savior, the intimate Spirit that is in our very midst right here, right now, is with you. The Spirit, one of fellowship, one of partnership, and one of intimacy. It's what, that's the final prompt that Paul gives the Corinthian church. He goes, uh, in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus, he talks about the spirit that was to come. And he says this, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he, he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Now catch this. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It is a beautiful thing we see that Jesus is uniquely revealing God as the Father. And, and what the Holy Spirit is doing as, as, the, as one of fellowship, as one of partnership, as one of intimacy, is revealing, is opening up our hearts from within to know that we are indeed God's sons and daughters. You know, it's, there, there's lots of conversation about how the Holy Spirit works to perfection, but I, what I want to just clarify and just make foundation is, is this, is that it, it's not just a spatial metaphor that we hear this idea of the Holy Spirit filling us up, the Holy Spirit almost like filling a bucket. I almost like to think of it a little bit differently, that it, the Holy Spirit is, is like, a nurt, like nurturing a child as they grow older. 
you, they need to be filled, but they need to be nurtured with the goodness of God, with, with, with food and with activity and with relationship and with love, that the Holy Spirit is, is the nurturing spirit that we need in our development as followers of Jesus, in our next steps in our lives. And so when Jesus says that there's a better thing, there's a better gift that I'm sending to you, it's because it isn't just uh, something that we see in person like the disciples had with Jesus, but when the Holy Spirit came upon them, it was the very gifts of God that were within Jesus Jesus that are now within the disciples. It is, is the very truth that is placed within Jesus is now within the disciples because the Spirit brings it all. That spirit of truth that we so desperately need, that comfort that we so desperately need, all of that is provided when we lean into the Spirit because the Spirit is the gift that Jesus knew that you and I need where we are, wherever we are, whenever we are, is available to us right here, right now. In Acts chapter 2, it says that the Spirit has been poured out on all flesh. And, and, the, and the Bible says that the Spirit would testify as a witness concerning Christ. In other words, the, the Spirit doesn't only direct Christians, but it directs all people toward Jesus. And there's this beautiful illustration in Acts chapter 10 where Cornelius, he, he comes to know who Jesus is because the first thing is that the Spirit is a witness that leads Cornelius to Jesus, but then the Spirit is also the thing that falls on and fills Cornelius' Cornelius' heart as he responds to Jesus. He's before and he's after. He's in between. And this is the encouragement sometimes we need to have. When we say, Spirit, lead me, know that you're not asking to suddenly have the Spirit fall upon you, and that's the first time that you'll be interacting. The Spirit is always prompting. The Spirit is always speaking. The Spirit is always guiding. And it wants us to come, that the Spirit wants us to come to a revelation of who Jesus is. Because when we know who Jesus is, we get the discovery of what our lives can be. When we get the Holy Spirit speaking to us, it's leading us to know a revelation of the power of the resurrection found in our Savior Jesus. The Spirit had already entered Cornelius' life as a guide on his path. And then it culminates with an encounter with the Spirit's power confirming Peter's message. It's a powerful interaction where the Spirit leads, and then it fills, and then it empowers, and then it leads it forward again, and empowers again. And there's this, this, this beautiful cycle that the Spirit takes us through. I know for myself, when I, when I think about... Uh, the ways in my life that I commit my time, I am often negligent in the time that I commit to my relationship with the Spirit. And yet, as I was preparing this week, I was like, why is that the area that I'm negligent? Why am I falling short in inviting the Spirit into this space? Why am I not making the statement, Spirit, lead me often enough? Uh, Adrienne and I, we, yesterday we got to go for a, a beautiful walk. It's been beautiful outside, and so we, uh, we made sure we took full advantage, and, and part of our journey took us kind of through Fort Langley before we got out to Bray Island and enjoyed a little bit of the, 
the uh, the nature around there. But when we were walking through Fort Langley, what we noticed is that they're about to film a movie right now. They've actually built this huge set where it is a fake building on outside and nothing inside makes it fake building. I guess that's self-explanatory. But <laughs> it's the whole corner section that's set aside. And let's be honest. I was looking at what all like the signs were saying. They changed the banners. It doesn't say Fort Langley anymore. It says something like Green Hill. And I was thinking to myself, this is guaranteed like a Hallmark movie. Like this is a, this is a Hallmark movie for sure. And yet so much work had gone into it. They had changed the stickers on the police cars, the sign on the town hall. They'd built this set. And I'm thinking for a Hallmark movie, they are going all out. Or maybe I just don't have a complete understanding of how much work goes into a movie. Both are valid explanations. But I was looking at this and I was thinking about the time, the effort, the energy that is going into making this movie about having the, the actors be prepared, of having all the, the technicians be, be ready, having a, a trailer for the video, the video effects team and to have these giant uh, blue screen set up all the way around it so that they can make it this amazing experience for the viewer on the other end. And I was like, how negligent am I that the pe we spend so much time curating that which we believe is important and that which we believe is of value. And I think often the greatest deterrent for us to actually make the statement spirit lead me is a question do you believe that a relationship with the spirit is actually one that is of value and i can't answer that for you this morning but what i can do is invite you to to dig a little deeper to see what the bible has to say about the spirit to ask yourself the question why jesus would say that it's better and then ask, ask yourself, what are the ways in which I'm hesitating? Why, why, why do I hesitate from leaning into it? Does it scare me? Does it not appeal to me? Do I not find value in it? And then, what if you were to just give it a try? That for the rest of the week, every, every day, you would just take one moment. You would pause yourself where you're at. You would calm your mind, calm your thoughts, a little bit of silence, a little bit of solitude, and then just those simple words, Spirit, lead me. And just listen. I think we have an incredible opportunity, church, as we step into this next season. We're talking about gifts. We're talking about the Spirit. But you are not going to discover the gifts of God that he has placed on the inside of you on your own. The gifts that are inside of you are there because he has placed them there and he is excited about them and he wants you to discover them and the ways in which that they get stirred up is through the spirit that has been sent as a gift. And so when we incorporate our gift with the gift that has been given, we're going to see a beautiful intersection of the power of God within our, within our spaces. And that might sound elaborate and grand, but you know what the gifts you have do? They start speaking to your coworkers. They start speaking to your family. The, the way that you care for people, like Gabby talked about this morning, the, his, uh, his gift for caring for people, I have seen it firsthand, is a testimony of who God is to those people that he's caring for. That those people that might not know who Jesus is come to know uh, the heart of God. They come to know a, a, 
a little tidbit of what a relationship with God looks like when they see the gift that is within Gabby get unlocked by the spiritual gift that is the Holy Spirit to, uh, to, to light a flame, to, to push him forward, and to be a testimony. What if your gift could be used in that way? What if the gift that you have inside of you is not simply for your own betterment? It's not simply for your own household. It's for the building of the kingdom of God. But we can't do that on our own. We need community. We need friends and family that are with us. But most importantly, we need the spirit that is unlocking it in a whole new way with the potential well beyond our own understanding. I want to see that for you. I believe that is for us as a church in this next season that if we are going to lean into the gifts and the, the calling for us as a church, we need this. We need to be saying, Spirit, lead me. And what a glorious opportunity it is to, ha- to be able to say just that. I'm going to give you just a few things that I would love for you to challenge yourself with in this prompting, the Spirit, lead me this week. Number one, what if we were to learn to listen? One of the things that I have been uh, abruptly and I would like to say rudely confronted with in marriage is my listening skills are not as good as I was uh, originally thinking that they were. <laughs> I, f- I found myself far too often listening to respond instead of just learning to listen. And I think far too often in our relationships with people around us and our relationship with God, when we're listening, we're looking for the perfect thing to say in response instead of just actually listening to what God is saying. He doesn't need the perfect response. He doesn't need the perfectly articulated question or thought. What he just needs is just the openness of heart, a willingness of spirit, a a surrender of self so that we put away all that is on the tips of our tongues, and we just learn to listen. John 15, 26, he will bear witness of who Jesus is. Number two, uh, what if we were to make it a habit? We talked about it already, taking a, a, a little time each day this week to make it a habit. And I know I do this. We are guilty as, as human beings for excusing our bad habits. And we say to ourselves, well, I say to myself, it's just the way I am. You know what? It's just bad habit. I got lots of good habits. They must overwhelm the bad ones. And we kind of excuse the bad habits. And the idea of building good habits is so, so difficult because of the pedestal we place it on. And it's well beyond our comprehension and our understanding. And it's more that we can do. And sometimes it overwhelms us to the point that we just lean into the bad habits. But what if we were start to actually to take time with some of these good habits? We, instead of making an unrealistic thing, what if you could do a little thing this week that started to invite the Holy Spirit into your space? This, this gift that you have been given. To start to place some value on it would require you to give some time to it. Proverbs chapter 4 says, Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. You know the things that you keep in your heart are often the habits that we are fostering in our life. So if we need to guard our heart, we need to be aware of our habits. And I want the spirit to be part of my heart condition. The next thing I would love for you to do this week is is use the tools. 
spiritual disciplines of, of reading the Bible, of prayer, of being in conversation, of being in community, I think those are so necessary. The Spirit can often be uh, really mystical in some of our thought processes. We've heard it as maybe language like the Holy Ghost, and we think of Casper the, the friendly ghost, and therefore we think it's kind of fake, and we think it's not, not real, and, and we don't equate it as something that can actually be a real, tangible part of our everyday lives. But when we employ some of these tools that have been given to us with the Word, with our time of prayer, with some of these spiritual practices like silence and solitude and taking our Sabbath, and we just take a moment in those spaces to invite the Spirit to be part of it, you're going to find that this spark is being lit so that's not just reading the word it's having the word read to you it's having the word reveal itself the goodness of God in the moment that you're at have you ever had that in the scriptures and maybe you're craving that right now where you're like I just read the Bible and it's just so bland and there's nothing that I'm really able to like latch on to and I, I don't know how it speaks to me I would I would challenge you when you before you read the word what if you were to say spirit lead me with an openness of heart, and I'm not saying this out of incantation, I'm saying this out of opening our heart to what if the Holy Spirit was the way that was going to reveal the words. It was going to show how it was going to speak to you where you're at right there, right then. And then in your moments of prayer, inviting the Spirit to, to fill the space with the presence of God. We need the Spirit in this way, so let's use the tools that he's given to us. Romans 15 verse 4 says that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. We need encouragement. This is a habit. This is a tool that we need to use. And the, the last one that I want to give to you this morning is we need to be held accountable. I, I know for myself that when I think about my, my lack of interaction with the Spirit, my bad habits, my, my inability to use the tools or my inability to sometimes listen, instead I'm looking to respond, I get away with it because I have nobody holding me accountable in it. I don't have anybody that I'm holding myself honest to in community or with someone in a mentorship relationship. This is a vital part of what we do. The Spirit is going to be moving and guiding us and shifting us, but sometimes in our everyday lives, we need that, that tangible voice of that parent, of that friend, of that leader to speak up to us and be like, hey, have you actually considered this in the Word of God? I know what this, the situation looks like right now, but can I encourage you that where you're at is not where the Bible says is the final destination. That what you're feeling is not the intention of God in your story. That, that we need to have an accountability in our lives. And even when we do fall short, we need a place where we can confess our sins. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Have people that you will ask honest questions and that will ask you honest questions, that care about your development and that care about your, your flourishing in your relationship with God. These, these four, four things that I've kind of outlined, learning to listen, making it a habit, using the tools, and being held accountable, I think that they can be powerful ways that we can start to make it a priority in our everyday life to just say, Spirit, lead me. Spirit, speak. Spirit, encourage. Because all these things that we're asking for are the promises that are laid out for us. There's so many names for the Holy Spirit in the Bible. It's the spirit of truth. It's the comforter. It's the advocate. It's, it's all that we need to be moving forward into our next season and more, and yet we don't use it in a way, we don't tap into the Holy Spirit in a way that is actually treating the Holy Spirit as the gift that it is. So, so church, my, my invitation to you this morning 
wherever you find yourself at, know this, that the love of God, the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is not contingent upon your qualifications. The grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is the gift of heaven that is meant for all of his children, for you and I to encounter and experience where you are at right now. God desires for a newness of life. And in this Eastertide season, as we reflect upon the resurrection and what does that mean for us now and the gifts and the, the spirit that has been given to us, what would it look like if we were to actually give ourselves where we're at right here, right now, to a God that wants to meet us where we're at? There's a beautiful story that is yet to be written, and it is in your life that God wants to move and shake the world around you. If you think to yourself that I am unqualified and incapable of doing more than what I'm doing right now, know this, that you might feel that way, but the grace of God and the, the strength that he has within himself is given to you freely so that he can work through you. Your, your co-workers need you to listen to the Spirit. Your family needs you to listen to the Spirit. Our city, our community needs you to listen to the Spirit. Because when we do so with an open, vulnerable heart, we will discover the prompting and the conviction that we need to start to run the race that is set before us, the building of the kingdom of God, and pursuing the heart of Jesus in our world and sharing that to everyone that we come across. I am expectant. And expectation is the breeding ground of miracles. And maybe the miracle this morning is just simply you, you saying something you haven't said in a long time. Spirit, lead me. And if you're watching this morning and, and you have no idea really what we're talking about with the Holy Spirit and with, with Jesus, and you're, you're just saying to yourself, I, I tuned in because I'm just feeling broken and beaten down. I feel like I can't, I, I could barely get out of bed this morning. I'm still in bed and I'm watching this and I don't want to get out. It might be nice outside, but I, I, I want to stay in the darkness. One of the names for the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. And this is the declaration of heaven, that you are loved, that you are seen, and that you are known, and you are sent comfort where you are at right now. And that Jesus did not simply stay set apart, but Jesus came to be in relationship came to, to die the death that we couldn't die, couldn't win the victory that we needed to win, and rose from the grave three days later, won the victory over death, so that we could have the fullness of life and relationship with God that we are designed to have. You are a child of God, and he loves you where you're at right now. So I would just invite you, would you just reach out to our prayer team? Even if it's just asking them to pray, just for the struggle that you're feeling. Maybe it's a question that you have. You can email us at pray at citycollective.com. Uh, Rebecca and our prayer team would love to stand with you. And if you're listening this morning and you're saying to yourself, yeah, I have a relationship with Jesus, but the Spirit isn't really part of my story. Today's a great day to start. Simple prompt. Spirit, lead me.
Let's pray together. So, Father in heaven, we give you thanks that you sent your son, Jesus, to be the substitution that we needed, to provide the, 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 the freedom that we needed, to win the victory that needed to be won so that you could establish the relationship that has been in place, that has been the design from the very beginning. And thank you that Jesus gives us that, that, that glorious, glorious statement that I might be going, but I'm going to send something better. Someone to be in the midst of all that is going on. Someone to be in fellowship, in partnership, to be in intimacy with you. So I pray right now for everyone that is listening that the Holy Spirit would begin to speak and prompt them within their spaces, that they would begin to feel that stirring in their heart, that they would have a courage and a confidence to create some silence and some solitude to begin to listen in a way that's not meant to respond, but just to hear what the Spirit might be guiding them towards, and that they would begin to be shaped in a way that they never thought possible, that the qualifications that we put upon ourselves are not the things that you put upon us, that you simply give us an invitation, that you stand at the door and knock and if anyone hears your voice and opens the door you will come in and be with us so we just declare that right now over our community that we would have the courage to open that door that courage to hear the voice and we just believe right now that the spirit's going to speak this year that there was a word that was given to, to me for our church this morning that we have cultivated and seen some areas in our, our church family that have flourished, but there are new plots of land that are out before us, new plots of land that are untouched, that are ready for us to start to put some work to it. I pray this week that those new plots of land start to get touched by the, the voices, by the people within our community, that you would begin to reveal those plots of land where the Spirit is leading us and guiding us, that the work needs to be done, how you're going to start to bear good fruit in this season in a way that we never thought possible thank you that is possible through your spirit and through you alone and we give you thanks in jesus name i pray amen thank you for listening to today's message we hope it challenged encouraged and inspired you in your walk with our lord jesus christ to keep up with city collective make sure to check us out on instagram and facebook at city collective church have a great week